Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Looks Like We Made It. I'm Izzy Howell and I'm joined by my dad Chris to talk all things video marketing. We are the father and daughter who run the video production company Howell Film and each week we will be discussing all sorts like what happens behind the scenes on our projects, getting results from your video content, how to start using video in your business and plenty more to come. We're always up for candidly conversing about creativity. On this episode we are discussing non-advertising films in your business. Take no. a breath now. That's good. No, I'm not done yet. Not. So without further ado, let's get started. <laughs> and of course, never miss an episode every Tuesday by giving us a follow or subscribe, as well as finding Howl Film on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Let's go. Now we can go. been first off where have we been it's been two weeks oh well apologies we've been, oh, well, yeah, the listeners have been yes desperate. ludicrously busy um <laughs> and, but there's no there's no excuse for it and we won't let it happen again and that's the podcast thank <laughs> you um yeah okay. so um what so, did i so i really summarized that very badly in that introduction what are we actually talking about um what we're talking about is using film for business uh that isn't uh directly designed to market or um, sell it's to do another purpose so why would a company or organization or an event or whatever use a film or or commission a film to be made if it wasn't going to make them any money directly well um <clears throat> this is this this next line is for um one of our listeners uh, who's commented on it uh, it depends <laughs> Because apparently everything, I, every single time, every single time anybody asks me a question, I always say it depends. It does depend. It does depend. No, what what I would say um, is that a great example would be uh, training videos. Nice, yeah. But then what I, as a caveat to my earlier comment, everything you do is kind of promoting your business if anybody sees it um, because it has to look and reflect and do do all the right things. But if you think about it, um, you've got training videos that serve a purpose outside of promoting your business. Mm-hmm. You've got um, how-to videos, so how to put <laughs> things together, how to make things work, um, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. And also, because I think that's the that's the thing about video marketing in particular, it's not like social media marketing or or website marketing in that respect that it's not a platform it's a resource that you use on the platforms that you have at your disposal whether that's um one of those it'd be a resource to kind of train up your staff to provide really good customer service that then makes the customer's experience better that then makes them want to sale so it's 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 kind of like creates almost like a knock-on effect so it's not the direct thing that might make you money that's important it's what it does that cr- triggers that domino effect further down yeah so i mean also that there are certain things you can show in film um and also obviously with the audio as well that instantly gets the message across where so you know i don't know say you had to um i don't know say say you had to explain to somebody how to wire a plug mm-hmm. and you're trying to say well you've got to you've got to kind of cut the cut the cable down make sure it's all it's all nice and and and, and neat and and you've got to undo the two little screws and you've got to and, and actually 
in reality, if you just show that, if you show that as a... Mm-hmm. Then, then the person at the other end, not that you need a film to, to teach you how to wire a plug, of course, but either way, the person at the other end can relate to it because they, they're often... They've got that bit of kit in their hand. They can actually follow the steps and the main thing, you can pause it and you can go back. So I know you can re-read instructions, but there's something really, really tangible and brilliant about um, something you can see, something that's very um, immediate. You can actually see it, you can you can relate to it, because, of course, the other thing as well is when something's written down, it, it's only your interpretation mm-hmm. of what's been written down. Well, how many times have you built something using a set of instructions that nearly makes you want to throw the entire thing and yourself well, out the window some get it right some get it less right um <laughs> but but again like um so but i mean in it's very that's in its very basic form but a training i mean you could do a real like training series you could um you know you know if you could embark on a I don't know, an eight-week training course of which is all... I mean, this is quite popular at the minute, which is all video-based. Um, yeah, virtual stuff. Virtual stuff, yeah. And you could even have, you know, obviously you can have teachers and, and you can have, um, you know, it's an extension of um, that kind of, like, sharing of information and that kind of, that whole um, learning process. Video is is such a brilliant tool for that. Well, video being used internally in your business, I think, is essential because I've like I've worked in retail shops and stuff when I was a lot younger, and your heart would sink when they crack out the old VHS from the seventies that had like someone with really big hair lifting a box and putting it down safely. Like you have to, if there are certain guidelines that your business has to follow that your staff have to go through certain processes they have to engage with certain materials in order to do the job they're just as important as your customers and how they see your brand so if you crack out a really old dusty irrelevant video that trains them how to do something they might not engage with that at all but if you if you if it shows that you care if you produce something that's really engaging and it it involves people that they can relate to and that they can enjoy. It just st- sets you up a little bit more professionally. I agree. I, I also th- would also like to point out, if it was the 70s, it would probably be a Betamax, not a VHS. <laughs> I, I'm, I think VHSs were kind of like, they, they sort of like over overran and, and you were probably into the 80s for a, for a full VHS experience. Oh, no, it, it just, you'd have someone in a, it was, I think it might have even been the 90s because they'd have like one of those big baggy plane jumpers and that sort of centre parting and they'd be lifting a heavy box <laughs> and you'd have to watch them lift and put down the heavy box. And that used to just, even as a 17 year old in a retail job, that used to make my heart sink. But you just, that, that little extra bit of quality does the Agreed. Trick. And also it, it's about the relevancy of it. So that um, if somebody, if someone is giving examples, I know, I know lifting a box is the same now as it's going to be in 10 years time or 10 years ago. But perhaps if it's something a bit more technical or something that's a bit more um, relevant to, to to this day and age, a video can be that much more up to date. People can relate to it a lot more mm-hmm. that it's not some ancient um, bit of material that they can just keep reeling out. And the other thing as well is that things change. Legislatively, things change. Um you know, just practices change, so you can you can deliver that far more far more easily in in film. And on a completely different vein, so we've talked about training videos, so they work internally in your business. Yeah. What about just simply documenting something? Um, well, yeah. That? <clears throat> well, that's, well, you mean in terms of what, like creating a video for for the purpose of like a historical record of yeah, something you've been doing? Lots of lots of businesses 
make have big milestones they have things that happen in their business or say maybe they're a family business that have been around for generations or a museum or a gallery or whatever it may be that go through quite major changes particularly in the past few years with the pandemic people have been making major differences in their business um and often those are documented and preserved through newspaper articles or maybe a photo of someone holding a shovel and shaking hands yeah. but you can take that a bit further imagine if a bit as a business your future generations of staff and owners and whoever even if it's your own descendants even could watch that back and actually enjoy it well, and yeah. see what I mean, it was like you can i mean you can film a board meeting you can um, you can film any kind of um so, sort of like a, a perhaps a, a creative brainstorming session because mm-hmm. there might be nuanced things that you miss there might be things that you that you you think everyone in the room understood and everyone everyone in the room bought into and it might it might not be the case so to actually collect that as a data as a uh, you know as a as a sort of fact finding and a data driven um objective i think is a is a great idea and we've We've done a lot more of that recently, oh, haven't we? Like, that's and, and particularly for museums and exhibitions and and anything that's only going to happen once. I think is is really important. Like if you've got an exhibition that's only going to be running for six months or a year or whatever it may be about a certain topic, you don't want that conversation to go cold. No, not at all. And um, uh, yeah, and, and well, it's a historical thing, then, isn't it? That in it can be studied. It's not just about referring to back to um, something that happened a year ago or five years ago, it might be studied in 50 years' time. Yeah, absolutely. And I think because we, in those projects that we've been working in, um, they're used in the moment as well. They're put on the screens, they're enjoyed by people as the thing's happening. But having something that actually acts as a piece of history can, can almost essentially create a sense of longevity in your business. You're documenting something or preserving something so your future generations can carry on your business well, and which, carry on. Is, which is great as well it's great for us because um the other side of it is that the video you know by definition in in perhaps in a social media context has become a throwaway item an immediate instant throwaway mm-hmm. item and it's quite nice that it can be used as a long-term as a long-term record-keeping tool and that's not something that people immediately think of people immediately think of the longevity of the written word, which is great as well. But actually, it's quite re- refreshing and reassuring for us that, that what we're producing isn't necessarily going to be watched, shared, and then is, you know, chip paper is gone. It's, it's irrelevant an hour later. Mm-hmm. It's quite nice that, that you're actually involved in in something that's that's got a, an actual lifespan to it. Oh, yeah, and it's lovely when we've been involved, which we will be talking about in future podcast episodes, about some of the sort of, conservation type filmmaking we've been doing a documentary type filmmaking and it's great to know that stuff that we've made is going to be viewed in however long many years time and it's fascinating as well that what's very current and very cutting edge now it's inevitable that in 20 years time everyone's gonna be laughing at the the clothes the haircut just like i was just before or it'll come around or it'll come around again and and i'll be i'll be trendy eventually eventually it's gonna come back it's gonna come eventually it's gonna come eventually what what i mean is um well there's me there was me just laughing about the 90s boxes before oh there you go it'll be you it'll be it'll be you or your equivalent in 25 years time laughing at the the films that we made now but that's great because that's progress and that shows that there's there's innovation but what but what we should be looking for is we should be looking for the um, the cataloging and the um, record keeping not to be just a set way that it's always done. I, I, I like the idea that it can be that video can be part of 
a broader topic, a broader conversation about mm. capturing where we are, where we are now. Yeah, because we're always at some point in a timeline, whether that's a timeline of our whole lives or if you're in one of those kind of generational businesses that have been around since the 1500s or whatever, you're only just a part of that timeline. And it's it's almost there's a responsibility to, to preserve that. But other than, so we've got training videos, we've got um, kind of documentary style videos, but what's your opinion on, does this class as non-marketing, the concept of just making content for social media or for YouTube with the intention not of it necessarily going viral but just people enjoying it for the sake of it it doesn't necessarily try and sell well, sell the, sell but it just in a business context or in yeah if you're it. if you're a business and say you're a I don't know you're a, a garden center or a shop or a cafe and you just start putting videos out of showing people how to cook recipes or how to grow something or is that what's that that's well, not necessarily you, selling but if, no but if you enjoy it and it's a positive thing and and it's bringing joy to somebody else, then then great, do it. But um, from a business perspective, if you spend, I can't see I can't see how you could justify employing somebody specifically to make films that you know no one's going to watch just for fun. You'd question, yeah. you'd question the the kind of like the fiscal the but fiscal not, point of that. <laughs> gotcha, absolutely. But but as in insofar as say for example, you did have a, a how to series about how to grow your own tomatoes or well, something that's, well, that's a great example because how to grow your own tomatoes is always going to be relevant it's yeah. uh it, it hasn't got a shelf life really so i think that's a great idea i think that um because you're not necessarily well, going on saying buy these for well, 5.99 well, yeah but... well that's a great example as well of of like a garden center is a is a perfect example for uh, a vehicle for film because in reality the things that they keep having to explain to people what to do when you buy a, a you know a pot plant or a, or a packet of seeds or whatever it is, you can actually just what you could do you could we could suggest this to maybe our garden center customers you know you could have a QR code on some packaging you blip it and you get a full film explaining what to do with the thing you've bought and that because that that does solidify my point because what I guess where I was ending up or trying to get to was the concept that film doesn't necessarily have to come before the sale in in, in order for it to be marketing. Because if you do have something that, if your video does does essentially provide aftercare for a customer, that means that you're considering their experience beyond just them paying you money. So when they've done that and they've they've enjoyed something after the experience of being in your shop or your garden centre or whatever it may be, they then have something that they can remember that will make them want to come back because they remember that experience. Yeah, well, you're being keeping so good. them warm, aren't you? Essentially, yeah. you you they you you have that hot moment where they where they're in, they've bought something in a in a retail environment, and they they walk away. Your your key thing there is to keep them warm, mm-hmm. keep them engaged, keep keep you keep you and your organisation in their mind somewhere. So that's yeah. a, that's a great example. I mean, it applies to. You know, if you start thinking about it, you could apply to ingredients, to, um, you know, cookery, garden centres, growing, anything anything that involves you doing something with the thing you've bought. Well, absolutely, because even, I mean, I know I'm biased because I work in video, so that, that normally has, a, has an impact on how I experience things and I tend to lean more towards companies and things that do have that. But obviously I, I use like a... a meal subscription service that I cook recipes from and everything and they send you recipe cards but 
I do sometimes think, oh, actually, if I watch someone putting this together, that because there are words that, I don't know, like fry up this for two to three minutes, but I don't know what it'll look like after two to three minutes. It'd be good to see pitch that. It, so. Pitch it as an idea. <laughs> on, just just get in there. Get it, get it, get it. Well, the other thing as well is you think about you could use you could use it as like a life-saving tool as well. Imagine oh, if like, really? you know, we've got a defibrillator machine on the outside of our office here. Imagine if you open the door and a film started playing telling you what to do. Just hopefully with no adverts beforehand. No, no adverts before. <laughs> but you know, there's all sorts of there's all sorts of things like you could use it as a anything that's instantaneously, you know, that that's not open to open to interpretation. Anything that you need to get an immediate message across. You know, video is a great way of doing that without the adverts. Yeah, at the beginning. Skip for five seconds. <laughs> but um, no, I, and I think that's the thing. It's it's there's there's always a an, uh, what's the word an impetus for businesses to think if we're going to get a video it has to sell 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 like like explicitly right from off the bat but remember I mean I I said this in a presentation that I did a couple of months ago because I'm just going to drop that in there subtly is that um what do you do presentations I do actually (laughs) presentations and workshops but the um but what I was saying then is that while we're in our business heads and we're at work and our our focus is to sell 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 we then go home, take our makeup off, take our suits off and get into bed and put on a YouTube video and then immediately be waiting for that five seconds to go down so we can skip that advert. We're just as human as all of our customers. We No one likes to actively be sold to when they're trying to get to watch what they actually want to watch. So by having, by going for that hard sell right from the start of your video doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to sit through that 50 sec- 15 second advert you put on YouTube because everyone waits for that five seconds to run down. <laughs> well, not everyone. Because, oh, well. <laughs> I, because for, well, sometimes as a, a just through professional curiosity, I do actually quite enjoy the adverts. Oh, well, you're the only person I've met. <laughs> uh, only so far as I often think, I'm quite interested as to how they're, how they're obviously put together, just, just through sort of professional um, interest. Mm. Um, however, I find it very interesting as to what they target me with. So, so when I'm watching, you know, when I'm watching um, Bus Grease Monkey uh, replacing the brake discs on a 1958, you're giving um, away how you spend your Sunday nights um, now. Bus. Uh, No, what I mean is, it's quite interesting to see what, what and how they target advertising specifically to me and my habits. Mm -hmm. So I do, I, I find that. Quite intriguing, really. I only get food adverts. So I don't know what they're trying to tell me. <laughs> just fast food well, all the time. Because you're involved in a in a food subscription service. That is probably, true. That's true. And, that. and that's the thing. I think that when we're in this world where, as a consumer, when we're on, so, when we are as normal people at home on social media, when we're looking for holidays to go on, and we're just using the internet for anything other than work. We we're aware more than ever that we're always being sold to all the time, and that cookies allow cookies all the time. And I think actually, it serves companies well to have something that isn't directly doing the hard sell because it it stands out from the crowd. Then in that respect, yeah. I mean, here's a question for you. Then, um, would you ever buy and pay for video content? Well, as someone who wor- works in a video so, production company, because no, so, I would no, think no, that's what I mean cheeky. Is, so, you, so you say you're watching YouTube, okay. Yeah. Imagine you're something you're really interested in mm-hmm. and you, you start watching it and it says, okay, to learn to learn the other bit you don't know, you got to pay us. Would you pay for it? If it was genuinely essential to something I needed to know, then yes, because I do dip into Skillshare more than YouTube yeah, yeah, yeah. and Skillshare is something that I've discovered that 
obviously it's been around for a long time and I'm very late to the party that I've just discovered it myself. But as someone who is has a massive focus on the need for skill building in internally in the business rather than outsourcing everywhere across the world. I like learning. I love learning stuff like you. you you'll just watch stuff and learn how things work. And, and that we both are like that. And I think that for me, if it was something that would genuinely make me do a better job, I would I would invest in it because I think that it's every, there's almost an expectation now that you can get a lot of information for free. You can get it all on YouTube and get it all on, I don't know, Google. But sometimes... Where obviously, because I work in the industry, I know how important it is to have good quality and to have and how that extra bit of good quality and that extra time spent on something can just make the experience better. If I know that if I pay that extra bit of money and it unlocks something that maybe the rest of my competitors or people I know would not pay for. I, I know that I'm almost like a step ahead then because I'm there's a, there would only be a minority of people that might be willing to pay for that. So therefore, maybe I'm in more of an exclusive club than other people. I'm not just firing off onto YouTube and seeing what the, what's Agreed. out there. Well, and also often, generally speaking, if you pay for something, it's guaranteed to be legitimate or ge- generally speaking. Yeah. Whereas, you know, um, I mean, you've got to be careful on YouTube that, you know, particularly if you're looking for... I don't know, using electric using electrics as an, as an example, I want to do something clever with this bit of electrical gubbins and you've got some like 11-year-old in Philadelphia saying, plug this into there, plug that into there and, and plug that into there and you do and you burn your bloody house down. <laughs> you know, you got, I think, I think there's, a, there's a reality that you've got to, you, you know, if you're, paying, if you're paying for information, generally speaking, it's qualified and, and is going to be legit. Well, I'm a person who, for all the knitters out there, as someone who knits, I'm really... You've, you've given away that you like spark plugs and brake discs. I like knitting. And as someone who knits and someone who enjoys that kind of crafting thing, is that I have the choice between buying a knitting pattern versus getting one for free. And that always get gets me a little bit because I think, why am I paying for something that I have to buy and make myself. Like, you're all, I'm paying for the you're instructions. You're paying for the instructions. You're paying yeah. for the information. So you're I pay for the knowledge. For you're paying for the yeah, knowledge. Yeah, and those can go up to almost like 20, 30 pounds at a time. These And they're just a document, they're just a PDF that tell you how to make the product. So sometimes I do have that gnawing feeling of, I might just get this for free rather than paying for that. Because if I pay 30 quid for a pattern and then I make it terribly, then it might not have reflected it. But I do think a video though, if I'd, if so, I, I tend to go on YouTube, I tend to go on Skillshare and find people who help you make along with it and stuff. And that is more engaging for me. But the concept of buying things that help me make something myself, it always blows my mind a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But, but I suppose you, but then... The more you make, the cheaper the pattern becomes. If you made three hundred jumpers yeah, and the pattern costs you thirty quid, then that's actually quite good value. If you make one, <laughs> make one, then it then it's really expensive. I'm going to stick to the one. I think I'm not making three hundred jumpers. <laughs> <You know. laughs> or do your own patterns. Yeah, but see, that's hard. So you do almost you're, you're buying, buying you're buying knowledge. You're buying knowledge, and that is something that I've almost I've struggled with, but. It's, I mean, let us know if other industries and other things, you know, you yeah, have to do that. We've gone off message now. I'm just starting talking about knitting we, We've gone off message. I never thought um, it would get here. Video, so yeah, so let's get back on track. Uh, non-promotional video. Video as a non-promotional tool is brilliant uh, and innovative businesses and individuals are really starting to see the, the value in it doing other stuff other than just promoting what you do. Absolutely. And 
I need see I always end with a good I always end with a question for you and oh see it's it's been a that's quite a serious episode that was a very serious episode so we just have not messed around at all no I know so okay okay so give me a time this is not really a question it's more of asking you for an anecdote give me a time where you reading instructions have gone horribly wrong um, reading instructions, I mean. Reading instructions. I once put a um, flat pack furniture together inside out, <laughs> uh, where, where where the where the really nice the really nice finish was on the inside, oh, no. and the and the sort of horrible sort of plasticky thing was on. I actually built the whole thing inside out. You know why I'm laughing? It's because we are definitely father and daughter. Because I did the same thing. Well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah. I've put an IKEA shelf together completely backwards, so the all the brown bits of the MDF were showing. Oh yes, on like, yes So I was, yeah. I was making the bookshelf, and then yeah. you know where there's like that clean white edge. It was all rough, scratchy. Take your nails off MDF on the yeah. other side. So, you, so there you go. That's so. So we both buy we're from both this, the this popular Swedish um, furniture <laughs> brand, and their instructions, generally speaking, are really good. Yeah, but um, that's I'm taking. I'm taking it way back to one more point, on. which is that with how-to videos. You can use them across different countries. Then, you can, yeah. voice if you didn't show necessarily someone yeah. speaking, yeah. you can have different voiceovers for different countries, and then you can take your product internationally. Yeah, but I hopefully, don't show I, them how I, to make I, it inside I th- out. I think there's all, there's also the the that kind of like learning from experience, and and you know, it's like anything, isn't it? If you don't know, you don't know. You know, people go, "Oh, that's so that's so that's so simple." That question's so simple, or that. If you if you don't know, it's it's not simple, is it? Well, just think about the time where me and my fiance tried to work out your heating, and we accidentally made it. Oh, I had the bloody heating on permanently for the last <laughs> next six months. Couldn't turn yeah, the damn thing would, off. It would only come on. At, we set it by accident, so it would only come on at one in the morning every yeah, night. Yeah, it'll stay and it'll stay on for fourteen hours. <laughs> so yeah, yeah so that. instructions can can sometimes require an extra bit yeah. of visual help. Visual help. So non advertising or non marketing sort of based videos in your business can make a difference and we've done a lot of them so they are they are very much around yeah, so if you haven't if you haven't sort of invested in that or thought about that yourself go on and it doesn't have to be exciting to be cool you can oh. you can make a really interesting helpful video that's not blow your mind wow that's incredible but it might just really it might save your life getting back to the electrics but it actually but it actually just might be just really thoroughly useful well as we've shown there are people out there who will be wanting to watch it someone out there will want to whether it's someone wanting to learn about brake discs on a sunday night or if it's someone who wants to know how to knit and purl a certain way you yes, have got that, people that, who are interested how interesting we are <laughs> yeah we've just summarized how exciting we are in a, in a podcast right okay so that was it for today um we will obviously be a bit more prompt with our podcasting in future um please give us a follow or subscribe uh, wherever you get your podcast or you can listen to our podcast on www.howlfilm.co.uk Uh, please give us a review if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and if you have a question you want us to answer or you want to be on the show yourself just let us know we're always up for having guests on to chat to us you can find us also at Howell Film uh, on Instagram Facebook Twitter and LinkedIn so we'll see you next week see you next week Bye. bye